to turn there in your scriptures or Michael put it on the board while you're looking it up. We'll look to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you again for the turnout we have today. Father, each soul is important to you and it's important to us here at Faith Christian Fellowship. So feed them from your word this day. May we take from here some good thoughts we can use in our day-to-day -day walk with you in our lives in being better friends and family to those around us. So guide us in every way this hour in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to just read three verses real quick. Julie only gave me 20 minutes. So in verse 15 of Matthew 18, it says, Moreover, if a brother trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, and or that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Amen. Well, there are times when we have to just get along, isn't there? So here in these three verses, inspired, uh, of inspired scriptures of God's formula for conflict resolution. I don't know about you, but I used to work for Sears. And man, they had meeting after meeting, month after month, on conflict resolution. When you work with the public and you need the public support to keep your business flowing, you kind of some time to time need some conflict resolution. A lot of people think uh, the customer's always right. I don't know why the customers that I ran into, I don't know where they got that idea, but it didn't seem to work out that way. Amen. Well, this formula has been tried over the last 2,000 years, and it's just a, a very good category of relationships that we encounter that we need to make right in our lives. We have to be a friend to our family and friends around us just like we expect them to be with us. We, and, you know, it's the old saying, if you want to have friends, show yourself friendly, right? Well, here we go, and as we grow up, we use this formula, if you would, to get along on the playground at school and get along with our neighbors and our neighbors' children, and we just learn this by practicing it, that you got to be nice to one another. Amen? Uh, we used to always hear the saying, if you don't want to play nice, just take your ball and go home. Well, pretty soon you're home by yourself. So that doesn't work out so well. We want to learn how to get along. Then we got into our teenage years, and we realized that there are some people that was um, easier to get along with than others, but we still had to try to get along with everybody. The best way to keep your enemies at a minimum is make them your friends. Amen? So when we do these things and we do what we need to do to grow up and have friends around us and our friends and family, um, if we have practice the things that Jesus taught us here in Scripture, it will be practical experience on how to be at peace with our friends and families. Of course, then we grew up into somewhat of an adulthood or as teenage years and higher. Uh, the privilege of having friends and family came to be something of a reality in our life in a greater way. And all the gatherings that we came to came to come with benefits and disagreements. 
No matter who we ran into, they don't always agree with everything I think, everything I say. Well, I had to learn to get along with them. By this time in our lives, we realize you can pick your friends, but you don't get to pick your family. Amen? So we just as well learn to get along. Amen? In our late teens into our early 20s, you know, that time when you know it all, uh, we looked at some of our friends and uh, some of our family, and we started to think that um, maybe we should start our own family. Those guys did it all wrong, and we're so smart. By the time we're 18, man, we'll do it, and we'll do it right. Show them all how to do it. Amen. Again, all these times came with conflict, and uh, some were resolved, and some just chose to walk away, and uh, that's what happens when we have issues and problems. But when it comes to the Bible way of resolving these conflicts, we need to take heed to it. Amen? So uh, we found out that sometimes it just would be a good idea. Maybe we should just get married and start our own family. How's that sound? Well, some, thank God, didn't. When we stop and think about it, once you get married, this is good advice, for especially you young married ones. You know there's only two ways out of marriage? Divorce and death. That's it. So you better be careful who you choose to marry and who you choose to start a family with. And I can tell you, both of those options are pretty expensive. So be careful. Amen. Amen. So, but once again, this is your chance to make the family of your choosing and do what you want to do with your life, and you want to do it in a right way. So the best way I know to give anybody advice on that is turn to the scriptures and how to get through, if you would, conflict resolution. Yet, even in that, God has desires for us to talk out some issues, get some of them straightened out, and let's move forward in the things because we don't all come from the same backgrounds. We don't come from the same schools. We don't come from the same teachings. Um, and so we're going to have differences of opinion. I heard a fellow say uh, uh, the secret to marriage is that when you get married, let his wife make all the small decisions and he'd make all the big decisions. They'd been married about 35 years and had, had, has never had any big decisions yet. So that's how that worked out for him. Amen. As the years come and go, we change many of our relationships, whether it be in college, whether it be on the job, whether it be around the house or even church relationships, people come and go. And if you're going to be fortunate enough to consider going to heaven when this life's over, you need to be careful about the people you rub shoulders with, even at church. Amen. We all come with a great idea that everybody believes everything just like me. Well, it doesn't take long to figure out that doesn't work. And here in verse 15... Jesus starts out and says, moreover, if. You know what if means? You mean That means either one of two things. It's conditional on something else, or it's possibly going to happen in the future. What I would have said if this was the dude version of the Bible, I would have said, guess what, guys? You're going to have problems. I would have said, if you have problems, they are going to come. Trust me. Amen? 
So when Jesus put that possibility out there that there's going to be people that trespass against you, you know what a trespass is? We see those signs when we go down the road. No trespassing. You know what that means? Keep your feet off their property. Amen? Yeah, all of us have a boundary around us. Did you know you had boundaries? And you don't want people treading over your boundary into your personal space, even if it's only this big. In my case, it's this big. All right? But nonetheless, you trespassing is something we just don't want to tolerate. Because they're stepping on our toes when they do that. Whether you're rich and have acreage that you don't want people to walk on or whether it's just your mental capacity you don't want people to tread through, it's the same thing. Amen? You're going to have problems, but not as if it will happen. It's going to happen. It's going to be there. Amen? Then the category said after he said, if, he said, thy brother... Now, we don't know whether he meant there his brother in the flesh or his brother in the spirit. I kind of tend to lean um, it's the brother in the spirit because he's writing here to a people that, uh, scripture that he wants to see interested in being the church that he's getting ready to build. So even if it's your brother in the flesh or your brother in the spirit, there are times you're going to disagree. Amen. I know some of you have brothers in the flesh and in the spirit. Amen. And sometimes you still have disagreement. Amen. So that includes brothers in your family. That includes brothers on your job. That includes brothers anywhere that you go around this world. I think a lot of times, uh, even like in the, uh, the ex-military people, in the VFWs and the elk clubs and the mooses and all, you know whatever other animal they want to name themselves, uh, they even have conflicts. But yet they do have something in common. So that's what draws them together in the things that they uh, uh, are attracted to initially. So it doesn't matter what the relationship is. When there's times of trespass, that's when it's going to be difficult for friends and family to get along. The word uh, trespass, again, just means to step across the boundaries in somebody else's property. Amen? But even at these times... There are some of us that have our own personal space, and as we're going to, if you would, not let them trespass on us, we got to look out not to trespass on their space as well. We believe this con uh, context of this scripture reading on the surface would be between, if you would, two Christians, because he's calling them their brother. And a lot of times, even in church, these things happen. The Lord knows there are way too many of these conflicts even in churches. Amen? Some are very trivial. And some are astronomical. Anywhere in between is not acceptable in the sight of God. We need to address both of them and resolve them as quickly as possible so they don't become the major problems that cause major catastrophes. Amen? You see... It may start out as just a small issue between a couple of fellows. But if you don't take care of it, it can grow uh, into a, a great big damage done that's far and wide, and we'll need to be ever so careful not to make, get caught up into that. I recently learned that uh, sometimes you can get cancer. Did you know that? 
And it starts sometimes, I don't know, the doctors in the back row will have to straighten me out on this. I've heard that a guy had ingrown hair and it got infected and it turned into cancer. Ah, now, I don't know about you, but if I got something that itches, I scratch it, you know? And if I got a, something that's infected somewhere, I scratch it. And you know what I could do? My dirty fingernails from working on grease and cars and trucks and tractors or whatever. I could get that thing infected. And it could end up being a major problem for me, even cancerous. So what do I need to do? Ah, I see that ingrown hair. I'm going to wash it. I'm going to clean it. I'm going to get the infection out of it. And even if I need to do some antibiotics or whatever it takes, I want it to be cured while it's just an ingrown hair. Amen? I'll pop it like a pimple, except I might hit you in the eye. I want you to be careful. All right? I just want to get rid of that thing because if I don't, that little bitty ingrown hair can become a major problem in the future if I don't take care of it. Well, the same is true with anything you talk about as far as problems, even in the church. Whether you want to talk about them as both being maybe spiritual problems or physical problems. We ha all have the same issues we have to deal with, and it's best to deal with them while cooler minds prevail, while things are small and insignificant, uh, rather than it be a big blow up and uh, blow everything apart in everything around us. Now, as a pastor... From time to time, I've had to step up uh, to that point from, uh, and thinking because there were things that were small in the church that were happening, and that's my job. I get paid a lot of money to do that. You know that? Amen. I'm the only one getting paid to be here this morning. Amen. All right. So uh, as a pastor, I found it's easier to deal with problems when they're small before they become catastrophes. Amen? So when I see the small thing and it was a, a small trespass or thankfully it, I can avoid getting caught up in some kind of big conflict and we can get everything taken care of. He says here in the scripture, um, I find that the, he said there, um, go and tell him his fault. Now just because you don't agree with him doesn't mean he has a fault. Amen. That word fault is another word that we can use that also means sin or shortcoming. Amen. It could mean, just depends on the context that it's used in. But the best way to resolve those kind of conflicts, according to the scripture, is one-on-one. -on -one. Amen. Just go to him. Put your arm around him or fist bump him or whatever it takes. Let him know you're concerned and you want to resolve this issue. Amen. Because the more of people get involved in it, the worse it's going to be to try to solve it. Amen? I'd rather solve a problem one-on-one -on -one than ten-on-one -on because I wouldn't stand much a chance. Amen? But the best way to do it is one-on-one -on -one in a private conversation. And the more voices in the conflict, the harder it is to dissolve the or get to the resolution and dissolve that problem. Amen? I even believe... If two brothers would sit down and have a civil discourse about anything can be resolved or at least be tolerable in the church and in the family and in their friendship. Amen? 
but we each need to stand on the issues that we know are correct and right, and it's okay to disagree as long as it's not about the truth or about the word that God has put forth for his people to walk in. Amen? Sometimes compromise is okay. Not a whole lot, sometimes. But not on truth about what God's word and God's spirit has put on your heart. Amen? I know there are some people out there that like coconut. That's just something I can't tolerate. I'm sorry that you will not find coconut uh, on the menu where I'm going to eat dinner. All right? Coconut is just something. I don't know what it is. I just can't handle coconut. That's just me personally. I don't hold it against you if you like it. Amen. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. I understand that. Amen. But personally, I'll tell you something else I've found. I'm a real fan of liver and onions. Look at that response. Oh, man, I used to, I raised Joe. You, oh, he's not here today. He's working. But Joe, I raised him from when he was eight years old right on up. And I'd always go out to the restaurant and he'd be looking and not know what to order. I said, well, Joe, let's just get an order of liver and onions and split it. Well, about that time, he was making an exit for the door when I said that. But that's just something. All of us have different likes and dislikes. All of us have tastes and untastes, or however you want to look at it. But we need to be able to tolerate each other and get along. Now, if looking at my liver and onions uh, upsets your stomach to where you can't eat, maybe we ought to eat at different tables. But that doesn't mean it should affect our friendship because afterwards uh, we'll belch and get back together and enjoy what comes next after lunch. But when it comes to sin, there's, uh, there are issues that for the sake of my personal individual walk with God, I stay, <coughs> excuse me, I stay away from some things and avoid them with all I have. I've come to the conclusion that I can love the sinner but I don't have to love that sin. And I'm going to put distance between that sin and my experience with God because I don't want that to affect the way I'm living for God in the way he's talked to me. But the result in verse number 15 that we talked about there is the last line of it, and that is um, that we gain a brother. The whole point of this is to gain a brother, not lose a brother. The bottom line is love each other, even though we don't see eye to eye on issues, and even in the church sometimes we don't see eye to eye. Some people like a lot of singing. I enjoy singing. Some people like a lot of teaching. I enjoy teaching. Amen. But we've got to come up to where we find a balance in what we're doing so everybody gets part of what they like. Some people like the Zoom service. Some people like coming in and rubbing shoulders with people and shaking hands and hugging one another. It's whatever you like. We need to find a balance on that and get along. I believe we can get along with each other uh, over uh, my quirky ways, but not my sin, because I don't want to have any sin in my life. But I will choose to close my eyes, if you would, to some of your quirky ways. But don't expect me to overlook sin. Amen? We can be friends, and if you want to be a sinner, have at it. Amen? But don't expect me to follow you wherever you want to go in that category. Amen? But the whole idea and the bottom line of it all is to gain a brother, gain a friend. 
be the family that we need to be for God. Amen? Now, once the issue again was to gain the brother, let's get along and be friends and family. But even in our text, verse 16 says there's some just not going to get, get along. Verse 16, what should we do in those cases? Well, I got to tell you right from the beginning, um, probably the one-on-one -on -one issue takes care of probably 95% of the issues of the church. If some two people will just sit down and have an issue, then say, that's fine. But verse 16 says, now if they won't get along still, take one or two friends with you or one or two others and go sit down and talk about this and let's hash it out. Amen. I would advise you if you do that, that don't take two or three with you that agree with you. Because he'll, the other person will feel like you're trying to beat up on him. You know, get some people, some spiritual minds, some elders or pastors or whoever you can get with to go in and sit down and have a nice civil conversation about the issues that's going on and what needs to be done about them. So in verse 16, he advises us to do that. Sit down, discuss the matter. Amen? Uh, uh, in, um, get independent thinkers and maybe even someone that doesn't have anything to do with the resolution or the problem it's doing, or someone that has already faced that problem before in their life. If it was over coconut, get somebody that you know likes coconut and go talk it over about that. Uh, those are the ways you resolve those problems. Amen? Sometimes when cooler heads can uh, prevail, then we can splash hope on that subject and open the eyes a little wider to see that the end result needs to be we end up brothers at the end of the day. Amen. Now even with the one or two more getting involved, sometimes that doesn't even work. Therefore, he put in verse 17. Verse 17 says, if you can't get along at all, don't fight, go separate ways. I guess you could say that. He says to tell it to the church, I can tell you you don't have to do that. By the time it gets to chapter, or verse 17, the church already knows about it. Amen. It's already hit the grapevine and it's already been through the first 30 rows and back the other 30 rows. Everybody knows about the problem by that time. Uh, it just has a way of finding its way through that. And at this point, it may even seem insurmountable to get past this particular issue that's uh, come forth in the church. My experience in this portion of conflict resolution, if it comes to that point, you won't have to do anything except say, that's enough. Go your way, I'll go my way, and let's still be friends. Let's still be brothers. Amen. Let's do our thing to get everything settled in the way it should go. Of course, this would be the same whether it was on your job, in the church, in your family, whatever it is, you need to find a way to get along with one another. Amen? So when it comes to that, it seems that just best sometimes to part ways, but do it as brothers. Do it the way that everybody um, can get along on down the road somewhere. Who knows what the Holy Spirit can do in a person's heart, even after they've said, I can't tolerate you no more, I'm going my way, you go. Who knows down the road what God's going to speak to their heart about 
turn them around and they'll come back or you maybe ask to change you and you can apologize or say sorry and get back together it's uh, one of the things in in the society we live in today that's hardest for some people to do is say I'm sorry I was wrong forgive me those are some of the hardest words that come out of some people's mouth but the, imp the important point of it all is that you enjoy your family and your friends and be tr transparent in all your dealings. Not obnoxious, transparent. They should know where you stand just by looking at your life and you don't have to, if you would, jump down their throat to get them to understand how you feel on certain issues. Amen? I got to tell you the truth about it. No man's an island. None of you can stand on your own two feet and make it through this world without somebody's help. Did you know that? It's nice to have a brother. It's nice to have a family. It's nice to have friends. So that when you do have hard times, they can come through for you. And it needs to be that way to keep us all balanced in the different areas of our life. I keep that balance there. I was given that. I don't know, 30 years ago, and I thought, well, that's a good place for it to be. We think of balance when we think of um, justice and the Supreme Court, there's a blind person holding, and so that everybody's justice is the same, but it doesn't always work out that way. But if you're going to be the balanced person you need to be for God, you're going to have to have some friends, some family, and some brothers that hold your hand in difficult times. Amen? Because the Bible says to find a friend is to have found a good thing. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Amen? I have to look at those words sometimes and find that comfort of a good family on the days when my life seemingly is not running as smooth as I think it should. And there are times when I think of my brother and it makes my day better. Amen? Life is tough enough. Without offending each other, without uh, tromping on each other's property, without trespassing, without uh, showing your faults or your sins to everybody in the world, we need to know that our family and friends really do care about us. So make all the friends you can. Develop all the best family possible. Both in this life and in your earthly relationship, and in your next life, your spiritual relationships. Because they're all going to add up someday, and you're all going to have to stand accountable for what we've done in the body, whether good or evil, the Scripture tells us. But it all starts with being born again and letting God's two witnesses, His Word and His Spirit, direct your life to be all you can be for God. Everything after that is a plus. Amen? So let's all get along with each other. Let's all have a good time. Let's all get through this together. And even though you don't agree with me or I don't agree with you, we can still have a chicken dinner together, can't we? All right. And remember, Jesus never said it'd be easy. Just worth it.